morning and welcome to episode 104 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks for joining me this morning as we have a very exciting day here to close out 2021 with a huge double pick six carryover at Aqueduct, over $195,000 in the pool. Thanks for joining me as we're going to preview the pick six races and give you hopefully some excellent opinions and suggestions on how you're going to play the races before we start please make sure you subscribe right there on the bottom right hand side of the screen a lot of you already know the drill uh also hit that notification bell once you've done that and then also hit that thumbs up button which will tell youtube that this is a good show to listen to with great content as you can see on my name tag you can reach me on twitter at h kravitz and below on the scroll email is h kravitz horse at gmail.com. If you are watching on Twitter right now, I highly recommend you switch over to YouTube so you can join our live chat. Just go to the YouTube search bar and type in HHH Racing Podcast, or the URL is youtube.com backslash C backslash HHH Racing Podcast. Again, youtube.com backslash C backslash HHH Racing Podcast. You can go there and see my website. And of course, this live show is on right now. Or you can simply just go to YouTube search bar and type in HHH Racing Podcast. Again, if you're watching on Twitter, thank you. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. And please make sure you join that live chat. I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about this pick six uh, sequence today at Aqueduct, and we have a great guest to help us along through that. Uh, very quickly, race day blog. Highly recommend it. It's only $12.99 per month. I give specific ABC selection, spot plays, price plays. I've had some great hits here on that race day blog in 2021. You can subscribe right there through Patreon. The information is also below the video player in the description. So if you go to the description, check that out. It does auto-renew at the beginning of the month. So I would not subscribe today to the race day blog. Wait till tomorrow. Otherwise, you'll have to pay twice. I wouldn't want that to happen. So subscribe to that race day blog tomorrow. Um, I have a lot of people on that list. A lot of people receive the race day blog. I really think it'll be beneficial towards your handicapping. Before we bring on our guests, we have a lot of people already uh, joining us on the show. Horsey Dave, thank you. There are the changes before I bring on our guest. This is according to Horsey Dave. Horsey Dave, I'm assuming these are accurate. Uh, I, th I believe these just came out literally in the last few minutes. So there they are on the screen. You can check the Nibra website, of course, also uh, for that. Um, uh, we have Dean G. Dean is here, uh, ready to uh, knock out this pick six. Thanks, Dean. Michael Bryant, you're welcome. Always a great viewer of the show. We have David. All the great guests here are here. Yes, it's a very exciting day today. Uh, Jim is here. Uh, Jim's going out to Vegas. Jim, good luck uh, in Vegas. And Horsey Dave said, yes, I proofread them. So those scratches are correct. Let me bring those scratches out one more time before I bring my guest on. Race three, the two and seven, as you can see. This is the pick six starts in race three, ladies and gentlemen. Race five, the six is out. Race six, we have the one, eight, and ten are scratched. Race seven, the one and seven. And race eight, the deuce. 
is out. Thank you very much, Horsey Dave, for saying that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go right to our guest. No messing around this morning. Uh, no no 10 minutes to post, no usual. Uh, this is uh, sort of a, a bit last second last night when I saw the double carryover. I said, listen, we got to crush it. And I got to bring on someone who knows what the hell he's talking about. He's an excellent handicapper. He's also a journalist for the special out in Saratoga. He's a good friend of mine, been on the show many times. Paul Halloran. Paul, how you doing today? Well, Howard, at the last minute, you got to take what you can get, Howard. So <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. Listen, Paul, I, I called Paul about, uh, you know, I texted him about 6 o'clock last night, said, Paul, i got to have someone on. And uh, I thought about you, and so thanks for coming on, Paul. I really appreciate it. Before we get to the pick six, i got to ask you about Flightline. Flightline's been a huge topic of conversation. I guess I have two questions for you. One is, how good do you believe Flightline is? And number two, does he remind you of anyone? Because you've been around racing a long time. Well, I think, you know, the question I think, Howard, is how good can he be? I mean, you know, three for three, you know, uh, certainly the sky is the limit. Uh, you know, I was, you know, you're always looking to beat a favorite. I was looking at that race last week at Santa Anita and, you know, saying, well, you, you could make a case against them if you were, if you were trying to beat them, you know, but uh, it's just, you know, the, the numbers that he puts up, uh, being geared down in the stretch. And as you, you know, you did a whole podcast on that card. That was a good field. Uh, it's always a good field. That that was a good field. And, uh, you know, now we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see what happens uh, this year. You and I talked a little bit last night uh, about what type of campaign uh, that they're going to have. You know, you, you got to think that they're going to go backwards from the Breeders' Cup Classic, you would assume, right? And, uh and and lead up to that we're certainly hoping we see him in saratoga for the whitney i could i could i could tell you that much uh yeah i think i got a feeling i got a feeling the only time we're going to see him in new york uh is in the met mile that's just my guess i think he'll probably go to the pacific classic because it's going to be sort of you know out in california more closer to his home turf but i'd love to see him at the whitney for uh, very selfish reasons as we discussed uh last yeah. night as well uh does he remind you of a particular horse you've seen uh up to this point i've got i got a name for you paul a new york favorite I'm how about a little how about a little commentator yeah that's a that's a good you know i'm just trying to think of someone who was just that dominant uh you know that early you know with no now now again as they the reason you were trying to make a case against him last week is, you know, what's going to happen when he's, you know, in a three-way pace battle, someone looks him in the, uh, you know, he might just run off and win by 10 again, but you know, it's certainly going to be entertaining when we see that. Um, you know, you mentioned the Met Mile, Howard, I think it's interesting. That's a tremendous race every year, but that has been a race that horses have dominated. You know, I think a frosted running off the way he did. Oh, so, boy. uh, and and you would think a one turn mile for this horse, the way he's running so far, would be right between the eyes. You know, we'll see about a mile and a quarter. But I would uh, love to see. I don't know what life is good's plan after the Pegasus. I would love to see these yes. two hook it up in the Met Mile. I mean, they're both perfect distances for both these horses. And I mean, life is good. I think is going, uh, or I would assume that he would probably go to maybe Dubai, and I think um, Flightline will go to Saudi Arabia. This is just me speculating, <laughs> which would set it up perfectly for their next race, the Met Mile. I hope, let's just hope we see that. But listen, we got a lot of people uh, watching already. Thank you for your 
watching again on YouTube or on Twitter. And again, if you are on watching on Twitter, I highly recommend you go to YouTube uh, just so you can join the live chat um, because we have a lot of people watching today. And as I just showed up, it is muddy right now, the track condition, Paul, um, but uh, I know you're not too far away. And uh, there is no rain scheduled, um, but it's not really warm. So we'll see how the what's going to happen with the uh, track condition. I, I'm sure it's going to dry out uh, by – uh, the third race. All right, Paul, let's jump in. We got 195,000 that is going uh, in the pool. It's mandatory. So even if five out of six, uh, you know, five out of six is going to, well, it would pay anyway. But even if only there's five winners, uh, the five winners, people would sort of split that pool. Um, I believe if there's five total winners, do they pay four out of six? I think there is a consolation because it's a mandatory payout do you know the answer to that if anyone knows the I, answer let me know on these days i would i would think not i would think okay. five, you five would split the pool but i'm not certainly not positive let's just get six out of six and not worry about how <laughs> I, I i know on a normal day they don't pay four out of six but when it's a mandatory payout i'm <laughs> curious i think you're probably right i think they just pay five out of six on the pool all right let's jump right in ladies and gentlemen let me share my screen here and we're, it starts in the third race as i go ahead and bring up the PPs here. Uh, and of course, everyone knows the drill. We're going to see my picks are, of course, uh, H. Paul's picks are P. Ladies and gentlemen, just, just you know, if there are any little mistakes on the bottom of the screen, we just got the scratches as we're live here at 1040 Eastern Standard Time um, from Horsey Dave. And again, Horsey Dave, thank you. So if there are some minor issues with the picks on the bottom, um, we'll, we'll let you know because we <laughs> had to scramble just a few minutes before the broadcast to switch the picks at the bottom. Uh, it starts at approximately 1.44 Eastern Standard Time. Paul, it's six furlongs. It is two-year-olds, main 40. The good thing about that, Paul, is we'll be able to see the board. So we'll have a little bit of idea because with two-year-olds, you don't <coughs> quite know. Uh, you are going, and of course, you see the morning lines. Everything's updated. You're going to go with uh, Jimmy Jerkins' horse, the five gun, maest uh, gun maestro or maestro for Air Cancel. Yeah, well, I mean, I went with the two gun runners uh, in, out of my three picks. Uh, I'll be using them both in the pick six. Uh, you know, it's it's not thrilling to me that they paid 150 for this horse and they're willing to lose him for 40 after two starts. That's certainly a negative. However, you know, that is the biggest class drop in racing, uh, as you know, going maiden special, maiden claiming. You know, the gun runners have just run – off the off the screen this year, and and I think in a race like this where there's two of them, I want to make sure I have. I'm not going to get beat by either either one of them, uh, even though the three who was the morning line favorite, who I also used, um, the horses coming out of his last race uh, have already gone zero for three. So I'm making a pretty good case against the horses I've used, Howard. <laughs> yeah, you know, one interesting horse that I might have to take a second look at especially if it stays wet. Now, let me bring us on screen here a second. Actually, I'm going to bring this. I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'll just go ahead and bring us on screen. If you did not watch the races yesterday, folks, it was very speed favoring. It was inside. It was speed favoring. The track was, was wet. Now, when you have a drying out track, Paul, that's real tricky. So I'm assuming the track is going to dry out. How much, we don't know. But if inside speed holds, you have to upgrade your horse who you have in second, I don't really have it all right now. But again, I might need to change that. You can't whip it. You have in second. 
Yeah, I thought that horse was a little interesting bef- even before the, the track conditions, uh, Howard. Uh, Kelly Breen, uh, I, I, I didn't do a lot of formulator stats, but I, I try to do it in races like this. Kelly Breen going maiden special to maiden claiming in dirt sprints is 20, is 20%. So uh, that's that's another plus for this horse. Uh, I like the Cantharoses. Uh, so, and, and as you point out, uh, Lescano is aggressive. We know Jose Lescano is aggressive. He, he could just, uh, send this horse from the inside and never look back. That that's a, I think that's a definite possibility. He'll definitely be on my pick six ticket. Uh, let's, let me talk a little bit about my top choice, which you don't have anywhere, which I think is great. Actually. I always like when our guests have completely different opinions. <laughs> and by the way, I, uh, the seventies you see is scratched there. I had stats. Of course, I had preparation to talk about the seven, but we don't need to anymore. Um, good skate. I, I don't like 0 for 4. It's only four starts. But here's what I – there's two things I like about the six, Paul. Number one, that was a much improved effort last time. I'm not going to show the replay. The gelding got a nice strip along the inside, took a lot of dirt. And the horse he lost to, by the way, uh, uh, print track, was one to five in that spot. The, the horse that good skate lost to – would be one to twenty in this race, Paul. So uh, the six lost to a good one. He's improving in an angle I like a lot. And by the way, Rudy scratched his other one and leaves this one in. That's another angle. But a third angle, Paul, I like here is I like when horses have a work since a very good effort. If the six had not worked at all, I'd be a little bit dubious. But you can see the six worked. That means nothing special. But he got a nice maintenance work since his last start. I like that a lot. He's got tactical speed. To me, he's by far the the best horse that has run. However, there are a few other horses we got to take a look at. Now, I'm not going to show the replay on the three. We are going to show some replays, though. Uh, showing replays at Churchill is tricky. Uh, yeah. Running son, son of a gun. Got off slow, Paul. And then he was, like, climbing and steadied along the inside. This is you, – you mentioned Gunrunner. This is a big horse, okay? So he's going to need a clear run for Dylan Davis, Paul, because he doesn't seem like the kind of horse to me that is going to handle traffic very well. So if he breaks, he's obviously a huge factor here. You've got him in third, and I have your five-gun maestro or maestro in fourth. But again, as I bring us back on screen, I am uh, – everyone who is familiar with the way I play – I'm assuming you're going to do the same thing, Paul. You're going to play an ABC ticket. I'll be definitely yes. using the one, probably as a B. And right now I have three, five, six, all as A's. I just don't have a real strong opinion uh, in this race. Any other thoughts before we go to race two, Paul? No, I, I think the three is interesting. How uh, Bill Morey is pretty good at picking his spots. You can see his numbers. He's a high percentage trainer. Yeah. Uh, this particular move, he's, he's one for 10 uh, off the claim claiming a horse and going right into a maiden claiming with him. He's only one for 10. As I said, the, the, the horses who have come out of his last race, that Churchill race that you talked about it, how the only reason the replays are uh, tricky is Churchill's a pain in the ass about it. That's why they're tricky. Okay? Uh, yeah. They, they, I, I'm gonna, they won't I'll... make them available. They, they, they won't let them be on the form. They don't even sell the daily racing form at Churchill, but that's another discussion for another day. Yeah, that is um, another discussion for another day. But Listen, uh, we, we, the we horse... got, we've got problems in horse racing, but uh, well, we can yeah. discuss that another time. But uh, you know, Maury is—you know—you look at thirty-one percent with two-year-olds off the claim. In general, he's very good. This particular move is is not tremendous, but in general, he's he's a pretty sharp guy. He doesn't start 
you know, a million horses. You can see he's only got 173 starters this year and he wins at 21%. So I, I think the three is, I don't see him nine to five. I thought that morning line was pretty aggressive. I, I don't see him that, but I think he's, he, he's certainly an A on my ticket. Yeah, we agree. By the way, Horsey Dave is, is, is mother nature today. Um, he makes a good point. And again, you're, you're, you know, you're on the East coast. So I'm not sure there's gonna be a lot of sun. There's not a lot of wind. Apparently I, I don't, I haven't looked in the deep dive and it's muddy. So it will dry out, but you know how much I think Horsey Dave makes some excellent points there. So we'll, we'll just have to see. I would definitely lean towards speed today though. Let's go on. <coughs> let's go on to the uh, next race here. Race four. As I go ahead and switch the PPs and get our picks up here. Race four, the second leg, is six and a half furlongs. Of course, it's on the dirt. All these races are dirt. These are three-year-olds, fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up, filly and mares, 25 claimers, non-winners of two. And you are going with the five horse on top uh, for Danny Gargan and an apprentice jockey. Uh, Hey, it's Toddy. Yeah, I got to tell you, Howard, if I, if I had an unlimited budget and I were playing a caveman, I would hit the all button in this race. I, I thought I had the, the weakest opinion of the six races for me is in this race. So I think it's perfect for Elisa Morrison, the former equestrian rider from Canada, uh, to, to pick up her second win. She, she's proven to be OK. Um, you know, Danny Goggin is obviously one of the one of the top New York guys. Uh, he, he wins at a high percentage. Uh, you know, the horse is one for 13, but they're all, you know, one for 13, one for 14, one for 15, one for 17. So yeah. um, I, I just thought this was a type of, I, I think uh, second off the layoff for Gargan is good. Uh, didn't run that well on a, on a wet track last time. So you got to have to take a look at that. Uh, we talk, we've talked a lot about the track conditions. Had a, he had a poor effort off the, uh, on the slop last time, but it sounds like this would be more muddy to good than, been sloppy but you know i i just thought that she's going to be aggressive and uh i thought it was a wide open race and yeah i think it's clearly wide open and you're going with the nine who i thought was a bit interesting here for another female jockey jackie davis and carl grusmark a horse that usually runs at finger lakes uh violentium jackie davis uh howard former one of the top jockeys at Suffolk Downs when she rode there. Kyle Gresmack, former Suffolk Downs trainer. How, how can I not use this horse? <laughs> of course. And Jackie uh, is one of my favorites. You know, I, I do have a soft spot for some jockeys. And I got to know Jackie when she did ride at Suffolk. She finished in the top three twice, I think, in the standings. And, of course, you know, from the famous Davis family of, of jockeys, uh, led by the patriarch, Robbie. And she's a terrific, terrific kid. And, you know, just hasn't been able to make it full-time on the New York circuit, but she's bounced around. And, you know, when, when she does win on the Naira circuit, it's it's big numbers. Uh, I don't think this horse will be much over six or eight to one. But, you know, the, the horse is dropping from allowance to this, this claiming uh, non-level uh, uh, claiming level. Condition. And, yeah, condition claimer. And claiming condition, rather. And, uh, you know, she's she's going to be aggressive from out there. And uh, actually she was my second choice, I think on the top three picks I gave you. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. And, you know, I will say though, you know, a allowance non-winners of two at Finger Lakes is probably somewhat comparable to a <laughs> yeah, condition claimer. So yeah. it's a drop on paper, but in reality, I'm not really sure it's a drop. What I like about the nine I have in third is I think Jackie's me aggressive. 
And in this kind of race, you want a horse probably that's going to show some speed because these horses just don't pass too often. So I think the nine is a bit interesting. I am concerned, Paul, about the extra half furlong. I don't know about this six and a half. If this was five and a half or six, I'd probably like her more. Um, there's a horse in here that is going to be a big reason why, I, why I'm going to hit this pick six or not. I'm going to bring myself, I'm going to bring us on screen here. I have two sort of wise guy, clever opinions uh, within this sequence. And the number three, ghost, 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 the 12 to one morning line is one of them. Uh, hear me out. So you look at the numbers, nothing special, but as you mentioned, Paul, I mean, there's really no one in here that, that is any spectacular anyway in this race. There's a few things I like about this horse. First of all, I like Trevor, Trevor McCarthy quite a bit. Now, last time, that last race that Ghost, Ghost, Ghost was in for this filly was like a grade one compared to this race. I mean, I'm not going to go and show you the form, but those were very good horses, especially compared to these horses. So that last race to me, plus it was a mile, doesn't bother me too much. Here's what I like. If you look at on the right side of the screen here, you see steadied, stumbled, broke slow, tossed head, four wide, four wide, stump. I mean... All you see is trouble lines with this horse. Two starts back, um, the horse was four wide again, but ran on well and won by four. Maybe the light bulb went on there so much that they decided to put her in a much tougher spot. I think there's enough speed in this race. There's really no one in here I trust. I like McCarthy. He's going to save ground on the inside. There's a bunch of horses in here, Paul, that I don't think want six and a half. I think distance might help this horse. I'm going ghost, ghost, ghost on top. I think I think she's a bit interesting here um, at a price. The horse I have in second, which is much more likely probably winner, would be Mazel 18, who I have in second, you have in third. I'll go ahead and put the go back full screen here. Uh, I don't know. I mean, she's one for 12. She's going to be the favorite. It is Dylan Davis, and she does have uh, a lot of early speed, probably the pace setter. But, I mean, Paul, she's no killer. I mean, listen. 56, 58, she's one for 12. I mean, it's hard to really trust anyone in this race, right? Which is why you know, I was kind of looking, when we were talking about the nine, I was looking to see if, if uh, she had the top buyer. But look at the one, by the way, with the out of left field 83 buyer at Keeneland and start number two. Yeah, uh, I hadn't looked at this horse at all, but I'm looking. He 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 starts at Aqueduct and gets bet down to eight to five and wins on wins on debut, and then uh, Wesley Ward brings him to Keeneland and they bet him at five to two, and he and he runs a eighty three buyer. Now I don't know what happened after that race, but <clears throat> if if you can run uh, a sixty three buyer uh, in this race, you might be in the winner's circle. Uh, Michael Michael Bryant is a fan of yours, Paul, because he thinks the one is interesting also. He he likes the one in the second leg. And by the way, my good friend Tom, who's out in San Francisco, uh, Paul, is up nice and early this morning. This works great for his schedule. Tom, thanks for joining the show. Maybe you'll put together a little pick six tick together. Um, I, I'm totally against the one, Paul. I, I think the, the, she was obviously had a lot of potential earlier in the year. She's gone completely the wrong direction. I have no interest in the one whatsoever uh especially with the jockey as well but listen it's it, it's a trick it's a trainer that uh has won before with these kind of horses and has a very low profile jockey if i thought the one would be loose paul i'd be a lot more interested in her 
But I don't think she's going to be loose, and I just think she's totally off form. So I respect people who like the one. I'm just going to disagree with that. Uh, let's go on to the next race. The, so this race, race four, very tricky. Probably you want to spread as much as possible, it looks like. But I think the three is very interesting, um, in my opinion. Let's go uh, to the next race here. $25,000 uh, is the claiming price. The purse is 50000 They're going a mile and eight. Two turns here. These are some just nice, hard-hitting veterans, and you are going with the three on top, who is eight to five morning line. I've got a feeling Paul might be lower than that with the scratch of the six, who was probably the only other speed. Uh, the very aptly named Blewett, named after a great guy, Jason Blewett. Yeah, and and I got scratched out. My top pick, uh, I was six, three, four here. Yeah. So uh, when you and I spoke two minutes be- at the post time, so to speak, uh, uh, you know, I think Blewett is coming off the monster effort. He ran a big number. You know, he is definitely a horse for course. He's eight starts at Aqueduct, four wins, three seconds. You know, would I have a, a lot of confidence in, in having him on a thin ticket? No. Um, I'm, he's certainly going to be an A, but uh, I want to get some backup uh, around him because he, you know, I mean, he runs that last race. He wins even even stepping up a little. If he runs the race he ran last time, he wins easy, obviously. But you know, uh, show me in his PPs where he's put two two races together like that back to back. Good point. And the other sort of moto horse there is the four Dark Storm for George Weaver and Cancel. Yeah. Um, I, again, didn't love him, but I, I think he's. You know. He, it's a type of horse for me, Howard, in, in the body of the race, if I'm playing verticals, I'm probably going to use them underneath. But, um, you know, in, in a pick six, um, you know, you certainly don't want to get beat by them. You know, that's, you find yourself in these big days, which ends up costing you more money, Howard, as you know. You, <laughs> you have these horses you don't want to get beat by, and uh, you, you don't get beat by them, but you just you get beat by someone else and the ticket costs you more. <laughs> no, no question about it. Um, this is an excellent question from, from, uh, Michael Bryan. I want to pose this to you. Uh, would, could you single here now? Let's talk about, actually, I'll let you answer that question. Then I'll talk about Blewett. No, I just said, I I would have no confidence in singling him here. No, I I have two, I have, uh, two other races that I would single before this one and maybe three. So no, I, I definitely would not single him myself. So, Michael, let me talk about Blewett. Now, now, first of all, the six who is scratched, I'm going to put us both on the screen here. The six who is scratched, I thought would be sort of the horse that would be pressing Blewett because the six had some speed and was Carmouche. The six is scratched. So this upgrades the three. But look very carefully at the three. And, Paul, you know I've talked about this on my show, and, and I know you feel the same way. People get way caught up with the last race. Okay, you have to look deep with this horse. Now, yes, an 87 buyer would win this race by four or five lengths, right? You see the blue color-coded time form there. That was a very slow-paced race. Now, Blewett might get away with a slow pace again today. It is possible. However, when you go 50-2 and two and 115 to three quarters, obviously Blewett's going to have the best of it and get a big buyer. But like you said, where does that number come from? Before that, you see 73, 60, 63. This 81 here was a mile and eighth, but again, 49 and 1, 112 and 4. So 
listen, Blewett can obviously win, but really, he's not overly consistent, number one. And number two, if anyone presses this horse, Paul, anyone, if anyone breathes on this horse, I think he could be in trouble. Now, the question is, who is that going to be? It's not going to be the four. It's not going to be the five. I suppose uh, Hernandez on the seven could go, but really, he's more of a closer. The one I think that could now is the eight for Rudy Rodriguez, real quality. I don't love this horse to win, but I suppose he could show some speed. So it's tricky. I don't know, Michael. I, I, I think the four is a better horse, personally. The problem is he comes from the clouds, and it might not set up for him. So, you know, the other horse I just want to mention here, which neither is the number two, direct order. This horse has 74 early time form. I think he can be up a little bit close in a small field. And I, Eddie Barker, and you know this guy very well, is excellent off the claim, by the way. And he's got McCarthy on him. He's got some numbers on the go back there good enough. I'm a little bit interested in the two, although I would say 4-3, my top choice. Um, Paul, just last – well, actually, we'll show your pick five ticket at the end. I think I think 85 to 90% of people playing this, a caveman, are just going to go 3-4 only. If you can somehow beat the three or the four, this thing is going to completely blow up. Um, I'm just going to mainly use 3-4 and a little bit of two. Any other thoughts before we move on? Well, no, the thing about Blewett, Howard, you know, you look at him. I mean, as of tomorrow, he's an eight-year-old, right? So, yeah. you know, he's going to slow down. You know, I'm, I just pulled up the lifetimes on Formulator. And, you know, early in his career, he's running a 92 at Aqueduct and a 90 at Aqueduct and a 96 at Belmont and the Commentator. And he ran in the West Point at Saratoga. But, you know, those are those are going back from 20 to 2020 all the way back to 17. So, you know the thing. The thing about it in this race, as you point out, though, is going the nine furlongs. If if he's not pressured at all early, it's it's just going to be a merry-go-round race. Yeah, and he handles the wet too. So I, I blew. It's going right. to be. I'd say blue. It's going to be four to five, Paul. And I think dark is a dark storm. Sorry, I remember the name here. Dark storm is going to be two to one. I would say it's going to be like three to five and two to one, and everything else is going to be pretty big. So. Uh, it's a shame the six came out for me selfishly because I really thought the three was very vulnerable in this spot. But now with the scratch, the six, I'm not so sure that is the case. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to race six as I switch our picks and go ahead and switch the PPs. Uh, this is uh, race six, leg three. Uh, they're going a mile on dirt. Three-year-olds and up, optional 62 claimers, non-winners of two lifetime. There's a horse in here. You mentioned singles a little while ago. I, I, you and I both agree here. I think this is one of the more obvious singles of the entire sequence. Uh, Todd Pletcher has a horse, number six, untreated, who is coming off a big win and looks like the sky's the limit <coughs> for this late-blooming three-year-old about to turn four. Yeah, I mean, he is on the caveman ticket that I gave you, Howard. He was my my single, I came down to him and someone else. And I decided if I had to go with one, I mean, you know, you just look, so the horse, you know, breaks his maiden to Tampa for, uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, for, for uh, Todd after started out with Chad Brown breaks his maiden to Tampa, which, you know, in the winter, you know, people think Tampa and don't look at it as a, as a top level track, but a lot of, a lot of the big guys from Gulfstream will ship horses over there for maiden races, uh, in the winter. So he runs a big number at Tampa. And, you know, when you have a three-year-old, 
you get Kentucky Derby fever, as we'll talk about later on uh, with another horse. And uh, so they take they take a swing for the fences in the bluegrass. He runs into a horse called the Central Quality. Uh, he runs into the Preakness winner, Rombauer. And, you know, obviously it doesn't go well. They give him the, the rest. And Pletcher is so good bringing him back off the rest. He just throws in a 96 fire. He's had uh, four workouts since that, which I like. Uh, that that kind of mitigates the bounce factor. And uh, it, it, I see you showing the replay, Howard. He, he, he doesn't really look that fluid until mid-stretch, till he really straightens out. But, yeah, boy, he looks seven. powerful. He's the seven here, by the way. Go ahead, Paul. I'm just going gonna, gonna to watch the whole race in its entirety so people can make their own judgment. You can talk through it. Go ahead. Yeah, he's just kind of plodding along here. The rider's not being too aggressive. He's obviously got a good position. He's in fifth, but he's only three lengths off the lead. <clears throat> and uh, Irad Ortiz, who had ridden him in his debut at Gulfstream, is, you know, he's got to be thinking he's sitting on a pretty good horse. He's got him in the clear. You know, but now he's he goes from three off to about, he's about four or five off the lead. And Irad will just, I think, gradually start getting into this horse uh uh, on the far turn, but what impressed me is the the longer the race went, uh, I thought the better he looked. You know, I thought once he took over in the stretch is when he re- he really impressed me. And uh, you know, he, he's still got some work to do here. This this horse on the lead is four to one, and the rider's really not asking him too much. And you can see Irad is now getting to work, uh, uh, getting to work on untreated, and. Uh, you know, it's pretty clear here untreated is going to go by him. But I thought once he goes by. Um, a little late I, I to switch leads. By the way, a little late. Yep. To, now he switches yes. leads. He was a little, he, he's he's still green. He's still learning. Yes, exactly. But now that he switched leads, yeah, you know, no, now now it. they can go around two more times and no one's going by him. And I read gears and down. So, you know, again, he's going to be heavily bet. It's a Pletcher. Um, but still on, on the class scale. You know, this is a non-winners of two, and you know, uh, eight months ago, they they nine months ago they were thought thought enough of this horse to throw him in with essential quality. So, uh, I think, in in my opinion, even though he's going to be heavily bet, he's the most logical single in the sequence. Uh, what I noticed about this horse, he's got a big stride. This this yeah. is a, you know, he, he's not real quick, you know, out of the gate, but he's got a big stride. He's he's by Nyquist out of Unbridled Song. Uh, mayor and unbridled song was a little bit, you know, ouchy, you know, himself. Um, my only concern with this horse is just making sure that he gets a decent trip. He does not, similar to a horse I mentioned before, I'm going to go bring us on screen, Paul. I, I, I'm just speculating here, but he doesn't look like he's the kind of horse that'd be real good in traffic and like, you know, need that quick acceleration. He's a bit of a grindy type. So that's always a little bit of concern when you single a horse that's not going to be on the lead and needs, you know, a little bit of a trip, but his talent is unquestionable. The one thing that I want to ask you, Paul, is I'm slightly surprised that Todd's bringing him up here in New York. Now, the purses are better. He's got his main string, of course, in Florida at Gulfstream. Uh, the purses are better in New York. I think he just wants to separate his better older horses. I mean, he's got Life is Good down there. He's got a horse called Fearless, which is a nice handicap horse. Um any just sense or just based on your experience why Todd might be racing him up here in New York instead of maybe in Florida? 
Well, he was already in New York. You know, he obviously came to New York after uh, after the the bluegrass experiment. Sure. So he's already here. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know uh, he gets a ticket south for the winter after this race. You know, if he were to show up in a stakes at Gulfstream in February, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. But this is a you know this isn't the most difficult spot. Uh, I think with a horse like this, you know, it's not it's not about the purse money. You know, Team Valor paid five fifty for this Nyquist, uh, so, so it's yeah. it's not about looking for an easy purse. I just think it's it's probably the right spot. Um, it's the one turn mile that uh, he ran last time and, and did run well. I, I do agree with you though, Howard. I think I think the scratch of the one might hurt this horse a little bit. I, when I looked at this horse, this race. I looked at him coming from behind as he did last time. And as you say, he does look like a little bit of a grinder. There's obviously a lot less pace in the race because the one was definitely going to go from the rail, you know, uh, Jose Lascano for Linda Rice. So having said that, maybe that makes the six closer early on, right? Um, No question. Um, uh, Michael, uh, uh, someone on the chat, uh, uh, Dean G., uh, on the chat, asked about Boldish. Uh, <clears throat> listen, Linda's scratching the one and racing the two. That always, you know, brings my antenna up a little bit at least. Uh, I don't think this horse is classy enough, but Liz, the three-year-old Colt who's improving and has got speed in the rail. So, listen, Dean, I don't think the two is the worst, you know, uh, horse to, to use here. Um, the one that I am most interested to maybe beat on tree would be the four, and you have the four and third. Uh, by land and seas, we go and look at the PPs here, has been on turf. But he's by Cairo Prince out of Maria's Monmare. And so you got to think he could probably handle the dirt. And he's just, he's got bullet after bullet, by the way, uh, which again, there's only been four works, then eight works. I mean, you got to look carefully because when you look at these bullets, two and three back, there are a very small amount of workers. But if the track is wet, Paul, which usually turf forces like that a little bit more, uh, he's definitely classy enough. I mean, he's been in grade twos, grade threes on the turf. I don't know. Blink, blink, uh, blinkers on, Carmouche. Uh, Paul, I think this is a dead send. I, I'm a little bit interested in the four, at least underneath. Yeah, I, I think you make a good case, Howard. And I think the, listening to you, uh, I mean, I was using him anyway. Uh, he, uh, I had him third. Uh, you know, I think I, he will be a B. I think I'll have the six as my lone A in the race, and the four will be on my 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 B team, so to speak. Uh, Dutro yeah. is pretty sharp. You look at him; <clears throat> only seventy-one starts this year, twenty-four percent. Uh, you know, he had a long drought, and uh, I think toward the end of Saratoga, if my memory serves, I think he popped a few winners. Uh, Karamouche is a good point, Howard. He's not. He's not a guy who's going to sit back and, uh, no, you know, the, the breeding suggests you point out, uh, uh, and I'll tell you what the Maria's Mon factor, I'm fairly certain Maria's Mon is a pretty good wet influence as well. So, um, uh, yeah, there's a, there's, there's, there's stuff to like with him. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Boldish Howard, uh, if this horse is 10 to one, I will be betting him in the race. I mean, the horse has won three in a row, three solid buyers since, uh, you know, uh, the Zilla folks who, who I'm very familiar with, uh, Mike Piazza runs a great operation. They claim this horse. Uh, and since Linda's had him, uh, 
three wins in a row at Belmont, you know, up through the conditions, maiden claiming, starter allowance, uh, uh, non-winners are one. This is the next progression. Um, you know, uh, the horse has had a little bit of a, a little bit of a layoff, but three works back. And, you know, if this, th this is the type of horse where after the race, you say, gee, that horse was usable. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, listen, I got, we could... and, and, and I did visit the source when I was at uh, uh, Belmont for the Breeders' Cup weekend, oh, okay. uh, Howard. I oh, nice. did visit Linda's, Linda's barn. Okay. And uh, he, uh, you know, I, I, he's a definite, he's another B-teamer for me. Okay. Uh, I will, listen, there, there's no ABC selections. We need to move on to the next race. Paul and I love talking horse racing. We'd probably talk for an hour and a half today. <laughs> We're already up to 40 minutes. Um but listen, this is a big six six. And Paul, do you have a time constraint? Do you, is there a time that you need to? Uh... Okay, great. So we'll, we'll we'll go ahead and talk. We have a, a lot of people watching. I don't think uh, people mind. Most people are off work today. Um, I'm not going to bring up my ABC ticket uh, or anything. Uh, but I just will say, for me, Paul mentioned he's got some Bs. I don't have any Bs, Paul. Th this to me is the six is my lone A. If the six doesn't win, I'm most likely not going to hit this pick six. I'm going to use the four as a C. I might use the two, but really I'm going to take a stand here. I, the more C's you use, now you're adding more money to the ticket. I'm already playing a pretty expensive ticket. To me, it's untreated or I'm probably going to lose. I'm just going to take a take a stand there. Let's go on to race seven uh, because there's three more. Uh, there's actually two more races to cover. Excuse me. Uh, there's our picks for race seven. This is a race that uh, uh, behind the camera, Paul and I have already talked about a little bit for one particular reason, which I'm sure he'll mention. Uh, this is for New York Reds. It's a stake race. They're going a mile and eighth. It's the Alex Rob, Alex M. Rob, excuse me. $100,000, mile and eighth is for older males. And there's a horse on the comeback trail with a great name and a big following, especially New York, that you've got on top. The number three, Brooklyn <laughs> Strong. Yeah, but how they say bet with your head, your heart, your head, not with your heart, but... Uh... <laughs> It's funny, I did, uh, in preparation for this, Howard, because I do like to be prepared, I did speak to Danny Velasquez about 10 minutes before we came on the air. Oh, wow, uh, okay. You know, I got to know, uh, I uh, when he won, when this horse won the Sleepy Hollow uh, back in October of 20, um, I, we the, the guys at the special that I'm happy to work for, Tom Law and the Clancy Brothers, we also do the content for the New York Thoroughbred Breeders website. There's a New York Thoroughbred Breeders hat here. <clears throat> so uh, we cover the stakes races. And I had a chance to, to talk to Danny Velasquez after that. Uh, I think it was after the Remsen, actually, I spoke to him. But anyway, uh, no, it was after the Sleepy Hollow. The Remsen, as a two-year-old, he had one of the best two-year-old buyers that year. He ran in 94. Uh, I went to the Wood Memorial. Um, he just, you know. He was in deep. The track was a mess, so that was kind of a throwout. Now, the horse was not on the Derby Trail, um, but as you remember, Howard, horses were dropping left and right off the Derby Trail. He only yeah. had the 10 points for winning the Remsen, and uh, the guy, Mark Schwartz, is a great guy. $5,000 horse, uh, Howard. Now, you're a new horse owner, so you can relate to the fact that you buy a horse for 5000 and all of a sudden you get a sniff of the Kentucky Derby you're probably going to say, yeah, where, where do I sign? So, I mean, they, the horse doesn't the, owe the connections anything at this point, Paul. Bought him for five. He's right. over and, 200, earned over $230,000. That's just <laughs> unbelievable. 
And arguably, arguably, Howard would have earned a lot more. You know, I, the Derby absolutely, as it can do, it absolutely knocked the crap out of him. You know, he yeah. came back in the Pegasus at Monmouth in a in a race that was actually pretty good for for a hundred and fifty thousand dollar race. Mandaloon and Wayburn and Doctor yeah. Jack. Uh, he uh, anyway. Long story short, uh, Danny Velasquez has a training pattern that he likes to use where he goes with. Two three furlong works, two four furlong works, two five furlong works, and then a six. He's he's got this horse sitting right there. Uh, I called him this morning just to wish him luck and, and and try to get a feel for what he thought. And he said said the horse is definitely ready. You know he is off a six month layoff against a pretty good field here. Might he need a race? Yes, he definitely might need a race. Uh, but he's you know as far as the pressure goes. You know the whole Derby thing is is an intense uh, cauldron of of pressure, and uh, you know they they had their moment in the sun, but he could have earned, and I think will earn a lot of money in New York bred stakes races. This is a this is a damn good New York bred horse. Now, Paul, you just said he might need the race. Is that your opinion, or is that what the trainer actually told you this morning? No, he told me that this morning. Okay, but guys, this is I, I this is why it's great to have people on who are in the know. I don't I don't know the trainer, so. Uh, again, Paul talked to the trainer this morning who, again, just to reiterate, said the horse is working well, feeling very good, might need the race. I did read something online where I think Mark Schwartz said this is the first time he's truly been 100% healthy, but healthy doesn't mean he's going to win today. So, right. Um, no, he's, he's up against it. He's up against it. Yeah. Uh, he so, did put on a lot of, you know, he lost a lot of weight after the Derby, which you, you know, you can expect, um, uh, the peg, like I say, the Pegasus race was only about five weeks after the Derby. <clears throat> that was too soon. Uh, he needed. They sent him to the farm. He needed the long layoff. He got the layoff. And, and you know, I mean, on paper, you know, as far as his ability, if he shows up with his A race, he's top three at worst and and likely wins. But so you could take, you know, you could take that with a grain of salt. As I say, I just. Uh, I'm actually covering the race if he does win uh, for the for the website, um, you know. And again, I get I get attached to these horses. I write about it, so so don't don't Gotta go take a me. little bit of that into account, right? Just a, just you know, a bit. Take but, a lot. Take a lot. Yeah. All right. So I and Paul, we appreciate your your full disclosure on that. So it's it's a bit sentimental, but I mean, you, obviously, the horse can win. Um, I think a horse that's going to be very tough at this point, especially. And I, I want to – I probably will change my picks, guys, that you see at the bottom of the screen. There was a big scratch. At least to me, it's a big scratch. The number seven, Chowda – I love saying the name uh, – <laughs> is a scratch, and he was very fast early. So that takes a lot of speed out of the race, in my opinion. I'm going to be upgrading Seafoam number four. You have the four in second. Guys, you see I'm actually I'm going to change the picks as – as he talks, I'm upgrading the four. No disrespect to Brooklyn Strong, but I'm going to move uh, the four Seafoam ahead of Brooklyn Strong based on the scratch and based on uh, what you said also from the trainer. Talk about Seafoam a little bit, um, and then I'll talk about my top pick, Paul. Yeah, I <clears throat> I would agree, Howard, that the scratch of Chowder, and that's how we pronounce it in Boston, Howard, Chowder. Okay. <laughs> that's, the proper, that's the proper pronunciation of the word. Yes, sir. <laughs> Uh, I had a, a wonderful bowl of it last night, as a matter of fact. Nice. Uh, 
and just for the record, for my New York friends, uh, my good friend Jamie Herman, who aggravates me at Saratoga every year by buying something ridiculous called Manhattan clam chowder that's red. Just for the record, clam chowder is not red, folks. It's white. Okay. So <laughs> wait, there's not... there's two different. Are there two different chowders? Well, yeah. Right, and there's 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 grade ones and there's five thousand dollar claims. Come on, <laughs> there's, there's the, the chowder real chowder and... and the fake chowder. Okay, yeah, we got so it. The Manhattan clam chowder. They take <laughs> clam chowder and throw in a can of tomato soup and call it chowder. Anyway, you can you can uh, hear Paul on the Food Network next week at yeah. uh, eight o'clock. Uh, <laughs> all right, anyway, seafoam, seafoam, Paul. Seafoam is <laughs> and, and especially Howard with caramouche on them, right? Um, yeah. You know, this is one of the, uh, you know, we look back at uh, Saratoga uh, this summer. One of the great stories of Saratoga was this horse winning the Evan Shipman stakes race. Michelle G. and Julio, no one had ever really heard of. Very limited starters. One woman operation, you know, uh, does everything. Gets on her horses in the morning. Doesn't have many horses. And uh, this was a really great story when, when Seafoam won uh, a stakes race uh, at Saratoga. Uh, this horse is fast. Uh, the horse has proven uh, he can carry the speed. Uh, Caramouche is on him. Uh, that race last time, American Revolution, Howard, I think, is one of the most underrated, late developing three-year-old under the, one yeah. of the most underrated. I played the horse in the Pennsylvania Derby against the likes of Hot Rod Charlie. They were, uh, American Revolution, they were very close to running. Yep. in the Travers, and yep. they they opted to hold for the Pennsylvania. They ran the day before the Travers and yep. won the West Point, I believe it was, or the Albany. Yeah, a horse I uh, talked about on this show. I was a big – I played him that race as well, and he ran very credible and then just ran, obviously, a huge race in the Cigar Mile. Right, uh, and so losing to that horse last time is yeah. is no – you know, especially uh, – he the Seafoam last time, Howard, didn't re- – never really was able to open up by, a you know, a, a great deal. You know what I mean? Where we think that might happen today with the scratch of Chowder. Yeah, we'll just show the race real quick. Uh, th- this was uh, a very fast pace. Um, Seafoam – I didn't get the number now. Darn it. Sorry. Seafoam was the seven post was position. The seven? There, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you and see – you can see he's being sent. Yeah, but the, the, there's other speed in here. You just really you can never get too comfortable. This is a fast horse. I mean, he's going to lead. We don't need to watch this whole replay. Uh, he, he's going to lead. There's no question about it. Um, and I think he's very talented and probably a very likely uh, winner of this race, especially with the scratch. There are some others. Uh, you have, real quick, you have the two, which I'll tell you what, this horse is, has driven me crazy over, over the years, especially recently. <laughs> you and me both. Uh, he won a race for, uh, for the, the Noda brothers at one point when he was just some ridiculous, uh, price. And I've been, I don't know what to do with this horse. I think four to one is a little low. Um, I think that's a, a bit of a, a, an underlay in my opinion. Uh, but he might get the set up and you know, he likes the distance. Yeah. Well, although I will say Howard, uh, we talked about the race, uh, flow. This is a horse who also likely will be hurt by the scratch of chowder this is a horse that wants yeah. can really run all day no um and i think i think is going to want to come from behind uh doesn't really look like he's in good form but it's the type of horse howard if for any reason they start to get leg weary in the last furlong yeah you know 
he'll, he'll be along as they say, you know, he, he, he can, I think the horse can run all day. I think he could run a two mile race. He's kind of one paced, but in a race like this, he could come from behind. I'm with you, Howard. He drives me nuts. The day that he won for Noda, that was a big carryover day. He was only <laughs> seven to one. He, it looked like he should have been high. It, it, it just, he didn't seem to make any sense in that race. No, um, he killed me that day. I was really, I, I had some expletives that I was thrown out there. I will say oh, after Howard, that race, Howard Kravitz, I, how could you have expletives around the race? <laughs> around Listen, the horse with race. A big, when I had a big ticket and the horse had like <laughs> horrible form and all of a sudden it throws a 96. I'm like, even Serling said, where the hell did that come from? Um, uh, Number five, our last buck was mentioned by uh, Tom Espinosa. Tom, I'm not sure the distance suits for our last buck. I think he's a much better sprinter. Let me talk about the nine a little bit because this is my top choice. I mean, I'm bearing the lead uh, with the nine here. Uh, Tiergen, and again, I'm not uh, with with the scratch of the seven. I don't know, but with the scratch of the seven, Tiergen, I think now has a chance to be up closer and also not as wide. Last time. And I just said, you know, don't base everything on the last race. And I guess I'm being a little bit um, hypocritical here. But he ran huge last time. I mean, huge. He was a legitimate four wide the whole way. Ran a 95 buyer against Empty Tomb and First Constitution, who are open company, very nice horses. I don't know if Rudy can get this horse to run again like this. But if he can, Paul, there is absolutely no reason, in my opinion, why Tiergen can't upset this field. Um, he, he's raced on slop. He's gone a mile and an eighth. I mean, he's, he has tactical speed and listen, Rudy is very capable of keeping a horse good when he gets good. So this is sort of my sneaky wise guy horse. I don't like nine to two. I'm just going to mention that Tiergen would not shock me. Um, I just want to point that out. He's also eight for 11, Paul, eight for 11 in the wet first or second. So I think there's some interesting things to like a bit. About Tiergen, I want a horse in general. Does that bring us back on screen, Paul? I want a horse probably in this race that can be close to Seafoam. I, I, I just don't see a dead closer winning this race, in my opinion. And maybe if Seafoam takes a little step back and Tiergen continues to improve, you know, Brooklyn Strong, there's big questions. I don't know. I think you can do worse than Tiergen at, you know, maybe four or five to one to uh, upset the field. All right. Yeah, and I, I, I'll be honest with you, Howard. I, I don't think you're going to get any more than that. I, I think four to one is probably, especially with the scratches. I think four to okay. one is the, is the ceiling. And the only other thing I'll say, I promise, this is the last thing I'll say about Brooklyn Strong because I know everyone is tired of listening to me, including me. Uh, the wet track would be a definite plus for him. He does not mind. In fact, likes a wet track. Yeah. Uh, no question. I mean, his best number was in the slop in the Remsen when he got in 94. Yeah. So this is a fascinating race. I mean, you, I, I can see people singling Seafoam, Paul, and just saying he's the best horse. He's got speed. <laughs> right. Go ahead. I feel about Seafoam a little bit the way I feel about um, Blewett, just in the sense that I don't fully trust them on the right. lead. So we'll have to see. All right. Uh, we have uh, uh, someone, um, A-Roth. Not too familiar with A-Roth. Do you know A-Roth, uh, Paul? I don't, but I like right, A-Roth. I like the smoke Brooklyn strong a Roth. Thanks for joining the show. I don't think we've seen you before commenting on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, good luck with uh, Brooklyn strong a Roth. I think he definitely has a shot. All right, let's go ahead to the last race. Now, listen, the closeout, if we are alive and Paul, I'd say this is a pretty difficult sequence. I wouldn't say it's, you know, impossible, but 
you know, I would say it's relatively difficult. We get to the last race. We both have the same horse on top. This is uh, Mile on the Dirt. It's for two-year-olds, main special weight, state breads. We are both going with the 10 on top, who's probably the logical favorite here. Going from turf to dirt for Bill Mott and Jose Ortiz, Curlin's Wisdom. Five to two, morning line, Paul. I'm guessing more like eight to five come post time. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you you can't single in a race like this, I guess, Howard, because it's a, it's a state-bred two-year-old maiden race. But I'll be honest with you, my second most likely single of the day would be this horse. I okay. think this horse wow. is uh, – and, again, you know, well, the, someone out there is going to put in the chat, how can this idiot have such a strong opinion in a race like this? And I would agree with that person. <laughs> but Wait, about know, the idiot part or about the strong yes, opinion yes, part? Yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> although uh, – I do still have a chance to get out for the year. Today's the day you get out for the year. Listen, uh, I think a lot of people are feeling the same way. There's going to be a monster pool. Uh, but, you know, it's he he ran a much better number on uh, dirt. Uh, I don't know of, of the turf experience. Obviously, with Curlin, comma, my favorite horse ever, comma, they, uh, you know, he, he the turf <laughs> would have been fine. Uh, didn't run badly on turf. You know, but he ran a 61 on dirt. If the track does stay wet, uh, my favorite all-time race. I was there for the Breeders' Cup Classic <laughs> when my beloved Curly won in the slop at Monmouth. Oh, boy. <laughs> Here comes another sentimental pick, not using your head. Why do we have you on the show, Paul Halloran? You're just <laughs> no, giving no, us sentimental guy, picks. Well, no, this sentimental pick's going to be 8-5, to five, as you said. Okay. There's going to be other sentimental fools other no, than no, me no. in this race. I don't know why uh, they ran him on turf. That's sort of weird to me. But anyway, go ahead. The only thing, you know, I don't either, Howard, especially at that time of year. I mean, there are a, there's a lot of money in, in the New York bread turf uh, division. But, it, yeah. you know, November 18th, you're coming to the end of the year. They stop racing on turf in December. So, yeah. um, you know, Rockport Harbor was a, was a very good, precocious two-year-old, right? Yeah. So there's the Rockport Harbor influence on the dam side. You know, Jose Ortiz, how would I look at it this, this race one or two ways? Either this horse is going to win easily or someone's going to blow up the tote board and the thing is going to pay six figures. Yeah, you know, I, I feel about this race a little bit like uh, Untreated, the, the other single. And by the way, when you, I, I'm so happy that you said this is your second likely uh, single because when you see my pick five ticket or my pick six ticket, you'll know that I agree. To me, it's either the 10 or could be throw your hands up in the air. And that's how I feel about the untreated race a little bit. I mean, either you can single there or you can go four or five deep. Um, it, I love the outside post, by the way, in this kind of race too, because Ortiz can just break and see what happens. I think this horse can easily step up to like a mid-60, high-60 buyer, which should absolutely get the job done. Very briefly, as we're going to be ending the show, folks, in about 10 minutes here, you've got uh, Juggler, who is still in the race, I believe. Is that right? Or why do I think that horse is scratched? No, maybe not. No, he's okay. in. Okay. You've got Juggler uh, in second off the claim for uh, Vasquez. I assume you just think the horse will move up. Um, but he's, got, yeah, he's well... got some buyers on the go-back that are actually decent. Yeah, and Vasquez, you know, for, for better or for worse, is you know sixty, sixty seven percent at the meet. We we can talk about that another day, but uh, he point. is good. He is good off the claim. Um, the uh, the wet track should be okay for him. 
Uh, I, you know, again, how I had to pick someone second and third in this race. I didn't spend a lot of time. Once I went through the race a, a few times, I didn't really spend a lot of time on second and third because I think the 10 is, is pretty solid. Okay, so let me talk about my fuzzy. Well, I, I have two strong opinions in this race other than the 10. Uh, the four, it's uh, Excursion East, um, is going to take a lot of money. I don't know if he's a dirt horse. Now, this is very important for me, at least. If the track appears that it's going to stay sloppy or wet, I would upgrade this four a lot. You can see two starts back, Paul, uh, in the Sleepy Hollow, which is restricted uh, New York bred steak race for two-year-olds. He ran a nice buyer at 68, which would absolutely get the job done. But you look at his first race, which was a, a fast race. It was He was scratched. It was scratched off the turf. They kept the horse in. Uh, didn't run great. Granted, that was his first start. So I don't know what I'm going to do with the four right now. I don't even have him on my ticket on you see on the screen because I thought it would be a fast track, and I thought this horse was mainly a turf horse. But if it stays wet, I'd have to add the four. Here's a horse I just want to mention, everyone. If you can afford it, or even maybe throw him in your pick fours if you decide to play a pick four. Salute to America. Now, this is the kind of horse on paper that I'm sure most people watching are like, Howard, you're crazy. Here he goes with some nut Listen, you have to pay attention a lot to these horses that look horrible. First of all, debut, and it was a very tough race. I'm going to show you uh, the, the, the the form in just a second. He was 8-1, to one, so it's not like he didn't take any money. He cost 80000 Let me just show you the race real quick and the buys. You see... The horse that won had a 78. The horse that came second had a 77, came back and won with an 83. This was a very, very live maiden race. Very much more difficult than this race, number one. Number two, it's Tom Morley. Paul, Tom Morley won with a horse yesterday, Air Show, that looked that he just claimed that was in the worst form I've ever seen. And he moved this horse way up. And Tom Morley is an honest guy. I've actually met him. So Tom Morley knows what he's doing. I just want to show one thing, and again, if this horse runs well, or at least throw this horse maybe, you know, somewhere in your, um, the, he's the six. I just want to show, let me go ahead and turn the sound off here. Watch the six in this race, Paul. Uh, so, he, he he actually shows a lot of speed. Again, this was a much, much more difficult race than the one he's in. I'm going to fast forward. Watch the six very carefully. Something really weird happened here. He's moving up, and, you know... This is what brought my Raider up. I'm just going to go ahead and watch this, Paul. Tell me what you think of the six. I'm not even going to say anything. Watch it about five or six seconds very carefully. Right there. What What was that? Did you it see that? Like, he, like, yeah, I don't know. Like he right here. Like his he, head a little bit. I don't know if he didn't like the dirt or like hit the rail. I don't know what happened there. Completely lost his action. Okay. And after that, um, you know, the jock's just, just letting him run on. Nothing happened. But again, I just want to show that one more time, right? You see that there? I think maybe it was the dirt. I don't really know what it was. Maybe it was the, maybe he got, you know, a clot of mud in his face. All I'm saying, Paul, is, you know, he got a 29 buyer, okay? But if, excuse me, he got a 26 buyer. If he doesn't have that action and the, and he's actually ridden out, this is just me completely speculating. I would say he had a buyer somewhere in the 40s. This is just my opinion. 
Um, this horse is going to show speed. He's got Carmouche. He's second time for Tom Morley. I'm throwing this horse in underneath in my pick six, and I am especially throwing the five horse in in my try, in my trifecta plays, and I'm probably going to play a pick four also. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested. Listen, maybe the horse can't run at all. People can laugh at me. That's fine. Paul, when a horse shows a lot of early speed, second time out in a race I don't trust and had a, some weird kind of situation, I don't know. Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy because uh, the positives are Caramouche stays, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, as you point out, you know, he stopped riding him. You know, first time starter when something like that happens. You know, it looked like he was beaten already, but, you know, what, whatever yeah. happened, he's, he's not going to persevere with them. Um it might have been a shadow, by the way, too. It's hard to tell. He's either a shadow yeah. or I think he got mud, just a clot of mud in his face. But, I mean, it's not like he was completely going backward. Actually, you could argue that he was – I don't know if he's going forward, but he was sort of holding his position until that happened, at least in my opinion. The horse who ran second uh, came back to win, which is yeah. a positive. Now, Morley, second-time starters in maiden races, six for 73. So that's not a positive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, his overall, it's well, it's looking if that's 9%. I'm just looking, I just checked the formula. His second time starter in all maiden races, he's six for 73. But, um, you know, now you're going to, you're going to get hurt on the price, Howard, because it's a my racehorse horse. So they're all going to bet him. Yeah. So, uh, but they won't, they, it's not going to hurt you in the pick six, by the way. It's going to hurt no. you in the race. No. It's, it's going to, it's going to hurt you in the race. But, uh, it won't hurt you in the pick six. Yeah, again, uh, I, I have uh, I've now added him to my B team, Howard. On your on your word. Look, I, I if the horse runs up the track, I, I'm not going to be surprised. I just think I don't know. I think you're going to get more than ten to one. By the way, too. I, people, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take our picks off the screen. We're going to wrap up the show uh, here in just a minute. Let me go ahead and take the PPs off. Listen, when, when you see a horse, you know, nine by, you know, loses ninth by 23 lengths, Paul, I mean, I, I'm not saying that I'm the only one in the world that's not going to watch a replay, but you and I know, Paul, that a lot of people just see that line and there's really nothing in the comment line either. And they're like, ah, I just toss this horse out completely. These are the kind of horses I like to look at. And I think there was at least a little bit of an excuse. And if the horse, you know, even comes in third, uh, I'm probably going to play a try in this race. Uh, could could make it very interesting. Uh, yeah, right. I wouldn't get too caught up with the margin of defeat in a first time start. I agree uh, completely. You know, we have a horse. Uh, we have a very very small piece of that uh, ran for the first time the day before the wood, and uh, you know, kind of pressed the pace a little bit, and then you know, Irad was on him once once he got into the stretch and it became clear he wasn't going to win. He just you know he wrapped him up and you you live to fight another day. So I, I would never get too caught up with the margin of defeat. Uh, and, and the horse took a little money last time. How it eight to one is in a, in a maiden special is not, you know, into someone the teeth of, into the teeth of some very good horses. I mean, when you, when you yeah. see the, when I showed that, when I showed the, uh, the form, when I showed the form and, or sorry, when I showed the chart, Paul, and you saw, you know, 78, 77, I mean, none of these horses in this race even sniffed those kind of buyers. So, I mean, this was a, that was a very live maiden race. Uh, and this one you could argue is not. You know, so uh, I don't know. I'm intrigued. Paul, here's your pick six ticket for everyone who's interested. It's a night. I asked Paul to give me a sub 100. Folks, you got to spend some money if you're going to play this, okay? Because it's a dollar pick six. Uh, there's going to be a lot of money in the pool. 
Um, I wouldn't recommend if you're a, someone who has a budget of less than, you know, fifty dollars. Uh, frankly, I probably wouldn't play it. I just don't know if it's really worth it for you. I think you're gonna have to, you know, spend some money here unless you have very strong opinions on singles. You're singling the six untreated. You're going too deep in the last. You're adding that Juan Vasquez horse, which actually uh, I'm adding also because I am intrigued just because the guy is, I don't know. I didn't want to get into yeah. it. But anyway, he's, better he's, he's winning at a ridiculous percentage. Um, Any, you're going too deep. That's what, the third leg, that's Seafoam and Dark Storm, I believe. Yeah, and then you're going correct. Brooklyn Strong um, and... Um, Actually, sorry, sea Brooklyn foam. Strong and Seafoam. The previous right. races blew it and Dark Storm. There we go. Right. So you're a little bit chalky in the middle, but maybe a little more spready on the outside, correct? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, if, I'm, and I'm probably not playing a caveman, but I think if I were going to go the caveman route, Howard, I would be tempted to play two tickets. Yeah. And one with a single of untreated and try to spread as much as I can elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And the second one, I would actually single the 10 in the last race and try to spread elsewhere. Now, I, I get, you know, I get a little annoyed when people say, you know, well, I don't want to single the last race. Well, if you have to single somewhere, it, what's the, or I want to spread in the first race just to be alive. You know, if you don't hit six out of six, it doesn't really matter that you were alive. Okay, we're not in this for the uh, excitement. Okay, if this is not an everyone gets a trophy exercise. All right. So, um, you know, would I want a single a horse in a two-year-old maiden race? No. But if I if, if I think he's one of the most likely winners, I'm not going to not single him just because it happens to be the last race of the sequence. That's that's uh, that's my opinion. But I think if I were going caveman, that's how I would go about it. One ticket with untreated single, and then one ticket, one ticket with the curling horse in the last race single. By the way, uh, CK Tooth, we got a lot, we got new viewers. I'm very excited. This I'm is, bringing I, them out, Howard. Clearly, I am bringing them. Well, clearly, it's all you. We we already knew that, but I mean, I love seeing new people on. Uh, Paul, you and I are thinking so much alike in the sequence in general. It's crazy. I, I I'm looking down at my paper below. Let me show everyone my. The, the 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 much more legitimate ticket, of course, than Paul's here. Let me show my my I ticket. I mean, so. I mean, come on. No, I'm just kidding. There it is, Paul. You can see there's my two singles, right? I, if I were playing caveman ticket, now, Paul, I'm I'm not going to show you my. I got a pad of paper here. Um, I I play an ABC. Okay, if I were to play a caveman, I would agree. I'd play two or three cavemen, and I'd back up the fourth leg with untreated, and I'd back up the last leg. Uh, with the curling horse of the 10. So we're thinking very much alike. Um, I'm a little more spready in the middle, uh, but again, this was before some of the scratches. I don't know. I still, th- I still think Tiergan is a bit interesting in the in the Alex M. Rob. Um, I do think the two in the leg three, which is the new claim for Eddie Barker, I believe, um, yeah. is a little bit interesting that I would maybe throw in. The race that would make me the, the most nervous would be leg two where I have my sort of sneaky, the three ghost, 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 and the more likely winner, the six, who's really the speed of the race. I've got a speed. I've got a, an interesting closer and I would just pray. But again, as I look at my uh, ABC ticket on my own sheet of paper, I'm using many others in that race underneath. Um, it's very, you could single untreated. You could single seafoam. You could single blue it. I mean, this is a fascinating uh, ticket construction kind of bet, isn't it, Paul? It is. And, you know, 
and and Jonathan Kitchen, who we all know and respect, uh, he, he makes a very good point. And his point is, we all spend too much time handicapping the races and not enough time on ticket construction. So you and I have handicapped this last night. Uh, we talked about it this morning before we came on the air. We've just talked about it for an hour and fifteen minutes, and now we got only three hours to actually. Uh, two hours rather to construct the tickets uh and i really i'm not positive which way i'm going <laughs> which is not a yeah you know i am definitely going uh you know an a b an a b or an a b c route but that is a very good point is that it's it really you know you it's it's about ticket construction and and budget is is obviously a factor too none of us have unlimited but although howard you, you're a mogul now you have uh big syndicate sponsoring you and you're a horse owner. So your budget is probably, you know, I, I heard through the grapevine that you might be making a second trip to Saratoga uh, to spend uh, some time with some real degenerates. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a possibility. So. We'll have to see. Uh, no, I do not. Actually, my budget's less because I do own horses now, actually. So <laughs> listen, I, I don't know if you heard, it's about 60 K from what I understand to uh, train a horse in New York for the year. Uh, that's, that's, that that's a crazy amount, but uh, that is the business. Listen, Paul, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I just want to say one more thing before we end the show. Um, I, I'm truly a blessed, Paul, and you're one of the reasons why uh, I've had so many fantastic guests. I mean, way too many to name in 2021, but there are so many people like yourself that I never met or maybe never would have met if I didn't start this podcast in 2021 in January. I just want to thank Everyone out there, I talked about on the 100th anniversary show, everyone out there from, you know, just viewers who watch the show to people that are more famous TV personalities, trainers, jockeys, uh, owners, uh, people like yourselves who are not only viewers, but in the in journalism industry as well with horse racing. Just I've met so many great people. I'm so happy I started this podcast and uh, I look forward to having you and many other people on in 2022 and bigger, better, better things with more sponsorship. Uh, by the way, I will say that I'm looking to get onto Spotify, SoundCloud and some other um, avenues. Paul, the first time I've mentioned that I'll be working on that in the next week or two and go check out my YouTube channel. As you mentioned, Adelphi racing club is a new sponsor on this show. And I have a whole separate um, portion of, of my YouTube channel that'll be dedicated to the Adelphi Racing Club. And we have a lot of features. Uh, the first one talked about the two-year-old filly pronounced Salivo, as I understand, <laughs> and also a tapered coat. Paul Halloran, any uh, resolutions for 2022 or any closing thoughts on this pick six sequence as we end out the calendar year? Well, I would just echo what you say. You know, we meet a lot of people in racing. You know, the guys that you're going to meet when you do come to Saratoga for that uh, second weekend, Whitney weekend, uh, you know, uh, myself and Bob Mullins from Lynn have been great friends for 20, 30 years. But these other guys, we just met at Mohegan Sun at the Jim Mesa Progressive Handicapping event. And now we've been away to Breeders' Cups and, and Whitney's and Belmont's and you name it. So you meet great people. And, and, and I put you on that list. I, I think you and I spoke in April for the first time, Dr. Jeff Mora. I think connected us. Uh, if you ever need a good eye doctor in Southern Florida, by the way. Uh, but uh, these are the type of people you wouldn't meet without, with the, without this game. And uh, it's, it's a great game. You know, here we are on New Year's Eve. Some people are worried about what they're going to go out and eat and drink tonight, which is how silly is that? Well, we're worried about trying to hit this pick six tonight. 
Listen, I hope everyone crushes this pick six. I want to wish all you viewers out there, handicappers, everyone, all viewers and fans of the HHH Racing Podcast, the healthiest and happiest New Year's. Let's make 2022 the best year ever, and let's have a larger bankroll for 2022 <laughs> by crushing today's pick six at Acrock. Paul Halloran, thank Thanks, you very Howard. much. Everyone, have a great, happy New Year. We'll see you next year. Next Thursday for episode 105 of the HHH Racing Podcast. This has been Howard Kravitz. Have a safe New Year's Eve tonight. We'll see you next year. Take care. Bye-bye.